I say that I'm not talking in a, in a necessarily a physical sense, not like a weapon like we would think, um, but in a spiritual sense. How many know that sometimes when in the spiritual world, uh, when, we, when we use the weapons that God has given us, it translates into a, a physical change, okay? So what's going on in the, in the spiritual realm when, and, and when things happen, it, it changes something in our physical realm. So I want to talk about to praise. And if you look up the definition of praise, it's really simple. And I don't want to keep you guys long today. Uh, it's this. It's to boast, to rave. Some of you, uh, uh, it means to boast, to rave, to commend, to speak well of, to laud. Some of you grandparents like to praise your grandkids. A few of you. All right, like to praise your grandkids and, and praise. When we're talking about praise, is is the term we use uh, to give exaltation to the Lord. And the English word praise comes from the Latin word pratium, which means price. Which uh, through time in several languages has been known as to prize or to praise. So when we praise the Lord, we are we are showing that He is the highest prize to us. And when we begin to praise his name, praise is not something that we just simply do for 20 or 25 minutes to fill a time slot on Sunday morning, okay? It's just, it's not what we do, but it's a lifestyle for a child of God. I'm reminded when I was living at home, and my dad still does this, I will hop in the truck with my dad, and we'll be just going along, and our conversation will stop. Uh, I think statistically, when you're with someone, every seven minutes, there's like, uh, like, there's always some kind of silence. I don't know why that is. I've, I've read that before. But when you're in the car and you're talking to someone and then you just kind of stop talking for a minute. Anybody ever been there where you just stop talking to somebody? And then, but my dad, on the other hand, when I'm just sitting there and we stop talking, he'll just jump out of, out of nowhere and just be like, praise the Lord. And I'll be like, whoa, okay, what's happening? Or he'll start singing a praise song right there. There's victory in Jesus. I'll be like, all right, dad. I'll, I'll reach over there and start playing on the dashboard, you know, playing the drums. Been, anybody have a dad like mine? Yes, I love that. And, 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 uh, but my dad, he would just do that. But I think there's something about the lifestyle of, of praise. And I think that it's something that we've lost in an essence uh, of the church. Listen, you want to be a good example to your kids? You ought to worship. You ought to praise, in, uh, praise the Lord in front of them outside of these four walls. My dad has it right. When in the, he's got me, I'm a captive audience. I don't care how good or bad of a singer he is. I'm there and I'm going to be listening to him praise the Lord. So when am I supposed to praise? Psalms 34.1 says this, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My dad's got it right. At, at sometimes, when I feel like it, no, it's not what it says. At what all times. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And where should I pray? Psalms 113.3 says this. Everywhere from east to west, praise the name of the Lord. Doesn't matter where you go, you ought to be praising the Lord. Amen. Everyone say everywhere. Why should I pray? Psalms 145.3 says this. Great is the Lord he is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Psalms 156 says this. Let everything that has, that, that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me say that again. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. Everyone say, praise the Lord. All right, good. Praise is mentioned 248 times in the, in the Bible. And I believe that if we aren't careful, we are missing something that's important. And praise is a powerful weapon that we have at our disposal at times. And we become uh, oftentimes complacent in our praise. C.S. Lewis would say it like this. Praise is the means by which God reveals himself to his people. Most of you say, hey, I want to know God. Begin to praise him. Begin to praise him with your mouth. Begin to praise him with your lifestyle. I, and I know we can learn. Uh, I don't know about you. I can. I can learn from the character of God and who he is through scripture. But when, when the praises go up, this is what I know about God. When the praises go up, the blessings come down. Amen. And I can't help but think that uh, when we don't know him like we could know him, we, we need to start praising him. Everyone look at your neighbor and say, start praising him. All right. I believe his blessings would chase us if we would learn to praise on a different level. And you know there are seven Hebrew words for praise. And one of those words is shabak. Everyone say shabak. And that means to shout praises, to express confidence in God. When we're praising God, we are sharing our confidence in who God is. How many are confident in the Lord? Amen. Come on, if we're going to do it, I want, come on, let's do it. How many are confident in the Lord? Your praise and my praise, it's a weapon that we often uh, forget that we have against the enemy. And I want to just, I want to leave you today with this. I mean, uh, it's just to tell you that today I pray at the end of this service that when we leave this place, that you will be reminded when we leave this place, that when the enemy comes in and tries to distract your mind and tries to cause confusion, that you have this weapon of praise that you, that you can begin to just worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. And you can begin to shout in confidence that God is going to pull you through and bring you through. Amen. Do you believe that today? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for your word today. God, I ask, Lord, that you would be with me today. Lord, that you would use me as you see fit, God. God, I pray, Lord, that the words that come from my mouth would be yours and not my own. God, I pray, Lord, that, Lord, that hearts and lives would be changed in the mighty name of Jesus. We believe it. We declare it. And everyone said, amen. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be in 2 Chronicles. And we're looking at a story, 2 Chronicles uh, uh, chapter 20, verses 1 through 4. And my topic is, my praise is a weapon. Everyone say, my praise is a weapon. Didn't know that, did you? Well, now you know it. All right. Uh, and it says this, when you have it, say, I got it. All right, I'm going to be reading out of a different translation than what I normally do, the NLT uh, today. And it says this, after this, the armies of the Moabites, the Ammonites, and the sons of the Meunites declared war on Jehoshaphat. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army from Edom uh, is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. And they are already at, at uh, Hazazon Tamar. And this was another name of, uh, yeah, let that word, okay. Uh, Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. So here's the first thing I want, I want to talk to you about, about praise. And this is what I know about praise. Number one, point number one, if you're a note taker, praise brings us to a place of humility. Praise brings us to a place of humility. You say, oh, TJ, 
I think you should have, you made a mistake on that point. Praise doesn't bring humility. Uh, our trials and our suffering brings humility. And, 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 and I, say, I say this, you know, you, you see it, it right there. Look at Jehoshaphat was deeply troubled by the news of being sur- surrounded by the enemies. How many have ever felt like the enemy had you surrounded? How many have ever dealt with something? Maybe, maybe you got a diagnosis or maybe you were waiting on, on, on results from a test and you felt like the enemy had you surrounded. Or, or maybe it looked bleak in your situation and you felt sur- surrounded. And How many have ever felt that way in your life? I have. And notice what Jehoshaphat does in verse 3. He begged the Lord for guidance. When you feel like you're surrounded, when you feel like life's got you down, you know what you need to do? You need to lean into the Lord. Last week I said, and the scripture said, I waited patiently upon the Lord. And he inclined and heard my cry. And you know what? Many of us go through trials, unwanted trials and things. And I think sometimes we waller in our trials. That's an old Ozark word, waller. Down in, we waller in our, in our trials instead of just asking the Lord for help right up front. I remember as a teenager going through situations and being the non-prideful person I am, I would not ask my parents for help, and I wallowed in my pride and my situation when the whole time all I had to do was ask my mom and dad for a little bit of help, and they would have helped me. Amen. Some of you are like, I'm walking in that right now. Get out of your pride right now. And I, I think this this is too often we we... We are piloting, and Jesus is in the co-pilot seat when it should be the other way around. And we're asking, uh, we're piloting, and we're asking Jesus for guidance. And Jesus is saying, I want to be in the driver's seat. I can lead you through this. And, and so uh, uh, here's a king with resources of men, with military tactics, with generals and advisors. You know what he goes? He goes straight to the Lord first. How many times do we are we are we the opposite of that? I, I Lord, I've got resources, I've got money, I've got health insurance, I've got this, I've got that, I've got friends, I've got people that are knowledgeable in this field, and we go to them before we go to the Lord. But a king here, this is what he does. He goes straight to the Lord for guidance. And the beginning of praise, listen, the beginning of praise, this is where humility comes in. The beginning of praise is our dependency upon God. When we know that we need God, we can praise God. Amen? And so the the infancy stages of praise starts with prayer. Oh, some of you, I lost you right there. The infancy stages of praise start with prayer. Listen, praise is a sacrifice. Sacrifice meaning it's going to cost you something. And oftentimes, we don't like paying the price of praise. You might have to sacrifice your pride. You mean I'm going to have to worship people and, uh, and the people in the church might know that I'm worshiping the Lord. You might have to sacrifice, lay your, 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 your self-will aside because praise puts attention on the Lord and his goodness. And it's not about you. And so I, I, I can't believe, uh, you know, I've made it this far. Well, actually, I, I never would have made it this far without Jesus. Praise. Look at this. Psalms 56.4 says this. I will freely sacrifice to you. I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. We bring the sacrifice of into the house of the Lord. 
And you know what? Sometimes I come in and, and my sacrifice is I'm tired. Sometimes you come in here and you're tired. And sometimes when I'm speaking, your eyes are not enough. I and, mean, you know, it's a sacrifice to stay awake sometimes, right? And, and so, but I will freely sacrifice to you. That you there, that Y is capitalized because it's to the Lord. And I will praise your name, O Lord, for it is good. So what did it cost the people of Israel? Look at this in, 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 in three, uh, chapter 3, or verse 3 and 4, it says this. Jehoshaphat was terrified by, the, by his news and begged the Lord for guidance. And he also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Woo! Everybody start fasting. Oh, man, I'm hungry, king. No, no, begin to start fasting. So verse 4 says, so people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Man, I couldn't help but wonder what would happen to our nation if the people of God would all go to Washington and begin to fast and pray what God would do for, for our nation. People left their hometowns, and they went to Jerusalem to seek the Lord for help. They fasted, the dreaded F word, they fasted. They gave up something, and we give ourselves a pat on the back for making it to church on time on Sunday mornings. I'm not trying to pick at you. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just saying oftentimes we, we don't understand the sacrifice of praise. We're, we're, we're just like, God, I, I did this. And, and I, I think God, God will honor you for, for doing the things that you can do. But oftentimes I think our effort is sometimes just okay and not as good as it could be. Kind of reminds me of, you know, when you think back to, to when I went to school. And now that I'm older and I look back to when I was in high school, I could have tried a lot harder than I did. How many could have tried a little bit harder in high school? All you teenagers, look around at all those hands going up. How many wish you would have tried a little bit harder in school? All right. All right. Thank you guys for doing that. All right. Zaylee Wyatt, did you guys see that? All right. But we have to change our attitudes to respond to bringing the sacrifice of praise again. That means before I get here on Sunday, oh, I've already prayed. I've already sought the Lord. I've already prepared my heart when I come in. See, here's what, what normally happens is we come in here, and, we, we, and, and I love our worship team. Our worship team does a great job. Let's give them a hand. They do a phenomenal job week in, week out. But this is what often happens. We come in here, and we expect them to put us in an attitude of praise. Did you know that it's your responsibility to put yourself in an attitude of praise and say, hey, God, I'm going to seek you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. Before I get into the building, I'm going to come in with an attitude of praise. I am ready. I am ready in anticipation for God to do what he is going to do. And so often our praise is a response to, to you know, the worship team or to, to the pastor or, or whatever. And it's not really from our hearts. And we've all been guilty of that. And that's why it's called a sacrifice of praise because it cost you something. It cost you something. And you want to see God do the miraculous in your life? What's it going to cost you? Look at this. Hebrews 13, 15 says this. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual what? Sacrifice. There it is. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual what? What does that say? Before that, it says continual. Do you know what that word continual means? 
sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Amen. How many, how many believe that today? And when we start to praise, it always starts with our need for the Lord. Lord, I need you. Lord, I need you. Lord, I, I can't do nothing. That's why the scripture tells us uh, that those who are forgiven of much rejoice of much. You ever seen someone just really begin to praise and you thought, man, they're a little bit crazy in their praise. You ever been judgmental like that? Right? We've, we've all done it and thought, man, they're just a little bit over the top. But this is what I've come to understand about people like that. People that often praise boisterous or loudly in church. Listen, now, there's, there's moments where it's just a, like where you got to, where it become, can become a distraction. But listen, but those who, who begin to worship and, and praise loudly or, or, or whatever the case, you don't know where they came from. You don't know if God delivered them from jail. You don't know if they were on their deathbed and God pulled them up and, and brought them out. You don't know the situation that they came from. And so I say this, you ought to be very, very careful when you go picking apart people's worship and praise. And we'll leave that one right there. But Jehoshaphat, here he is. He's surrounded and it looked bad. And it looked dark. But he knew where his help comes from. Look at this, point number two right here. Praise invites his presence. Point number two, praise invites his presence. Everyone say praise invites his presence. I like this scripture, not Psalms, Psalms 22.3 says this. God inhabits the praise of his people. That word inhabits means he's here. Enthroned is, is another way that you can translate that. Uh, translate that. I just, I just want to feel His presence, and then, and and make a place for the Lord to habitate. And can I tell you something? It starts with praise, and praise starts right here with me. He inhabits the praise of His people. If you want to experience His presence, then you got to make time, and you got to make a place for Him to dwell. Draw nigh to God, and he'll draw nigh to you. Early in the morning, praise his name. In the evening, praise his name. In the good times, praise his name. In the bad times, praise his name. And here's what we need to know. You'll never be closer to the Lord than, you, than when you make a place for him to dwell. It means he's going to be right there with you. And he's going to help you. Look at this. Jehoshaphat was allowing God to come in and inhabit their praises, but also their situation. Lord, I worship you, Lord. And, 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 and oftentimes we allow the Lord to come in and inhabit us, but sometimes we don't allow him to permeate and get into our situation. Amen. And I don't know about you, but when I'm in the presence of the Lord, like today was such a great Wonderful presence of God in our worship service. But I, I love this because what happens is, and I, and I come in and I feel refreshed and I feel renewed in his presence. And the scripture tells us that God's mercies are renewed each and every morning. Did you know God wants to meet you each and every day with something fresh and something new? You don't have to eat yesterday's pizza. He's got new pizza for today. Amen. And all my people who ate leftovers said amen. 
How many have a friend that when you get around this friend, you always feel lifted up? Anybody have a friend like that? How many need a friend around you that will help lift you up? All right, all you people who see these hands raising right now, those people need a friend that will help lift them up. Um, and, and I love being around people like that. Matter of fact, I had this week I had a pastor friend call me. And, and he called me, and he calls me periodically, and he said, I, I've got this situation. I knew when he answered the phone that he meant business. He said, I've got this situation, and I, I need some advice. And, and I was talking to him, and as I began to talk to him, we, you know, we were going through this situation, and, I, you know, and I, he was just asking me what, what he, what he, he what, what am I trying to say? What he thought I should do? No, what I thought, what I thought he should do. There we go. My mind was messed up there. Sorry about that. <laughs> Hopefully he wasn't telling me what he thought I should do. Because um, he called me. I didn't call him. So he was telling me what I thought he should do. There we go. I got it. Um, and, and he was asking for some advice and help. And I began to talk to him. And afterwards, I just began to, we began to kind of reminisce and laugh. And before I got off the phone, he said, thank you. Thank you. He goes, I knew if I called you, you could talk me down because he said I was pretty hot. And I said, well, I'm here, man, anytime you ever need me. And so, but anyways, uh, but, you know, so we need those, those people to help lift us up. But after being in the Lord's presence, don't you just feel better? Don't you just feel lifted up? You may come in heavy, but you leave with your burdens lifted. And I love that about God. Your situation uh, could be the worst thing, but a moment with the Lord gives us perspective, a true perspective of who God is in light of our situation. That's why you feel better right there. But look at this. Psalm 16:11 says this. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. In the Lord's presence, there's fullness of joy. That means that when the presence of the Lord is in the house, if you don't leave here with joy, that's on you. That was not in my notes, but that, that's good. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I love that verse. And I love the communion that I have in, in the Lord's presence. And when I'm with the Lord, and the worst day turns into the best day after spending time in the presence of the Lord. And Jehoshaphat and Israel, I believe they trusted in the Lord after spending time and fasting and praying for, for a, a, an answer for their nation. And I believe that if we, as a core of believers, begin to pray for our nation and our situations, that God can use our praise to start pushing back darkness. My praise is a weapon. I love that. Praise invites his presence into our lives and our situation. Point three, I'm going to ask the worship team to come down. Everyone said, amen, this is fast. Going fast today, Pastor. Number three, praise makes the enemy flee. That's it. Praise makes the enemy flee. Second Chronicles, if you go uh, 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 chapter 20, verse 20, jump down, it says this. 
This is their situation. It says, early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. And on the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. Can I tell you something? If you stand firm in what God has told you and what you believe and what you know about Jesus Christ, you will stand firm in your situation. Amen. Man, look at this. Success in serving the Lord requires complete trust in Him. I didn't write it. It's there. Those that wait, those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Another word for wait is trust. Those who trust in the name of the Lord shall renew their strength. Praising the Lord requires complete trust in him. Look at this. John 14, 1 says this. And Jesus is talking to his disciples as he's about to, he knows he's about to go to the cross. He says, let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Can I ask you this today? Maybe your praise has been a little bit stifled. What are you believing? Are you believing in God? Are you trusting in God? Are you believing in your situation? Are you looking at your situation and believing in what the lies that the enemy has told you? Look at this. Verse 21 says this. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord, praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. Everyone say, give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Everyone say it again. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Say it again. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Sometimes our praise and our faith and obedience to the Lord may make us look a little bit crazy. I'm sure that if I was part of the choir that day, I'd have been Jehoshaphat. You want us to lead? You want us to go out in battle? With our voices, you want us to go battle physical weapons with our song? Sometimes it doesn't make sense to us. Completely surrounded. They were completely surrounded, but Joseph Betts says, by obedience to the Lord, I'm going to send the choir out first. And maybe our praise is, is louder and boisterous, but I hear the old saints saying, you don't know like I know what God's done for me. Anybody ever heard someone say that? I've heard that growing up in my life. And the choir was sent out first. Lord, we fasted. Lord, we prayed. This is what you have for us. And this is how you're going to defend the nation. Send the choir out front. I would have been like, hey, let's send the infantry. Send the cavalry. Those with weapons. No, we're going to send the choir out. It's crazy, right? Like I said earlier, I love our worship team. They do a great job, and they do a lot of things. But I, if, if, if the President of the United States called me and said, Hey, can you send your worship team? And we're going to send them out to battle, and they're going to, they're going to lead the, the charge in this battle. We're going to send them out. I guarantee most of them would be sick or not available. probably have laryngitis. Oh, I'm sorry. I can't, can't, can't make it today. Still have a voice. You know. Verse 22 says this. At, every, 
at, at that very moment, they begin to sing and give praise. And the Lord caused the armies of Amnon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. And the armies of Moab and Amnon turned against uh, their allies, Mount Seir, and killed every one of them. And after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. Not a single one of the enemy had escaped. Oh, check this out. So they begin to lead with the choir. And before they could even get to the battlefield, God had already taken care of it. Verse 25 says this. Well, let, me, let me ask you this. How many know that God will fight your battles? God will fight your battles. You, you only have to stand still is what Scripture says. And, and oftentimes we, we make things harder than what they are. This is how I fight my battles. You know, I love that song, right? This is how I fight my this, You know how I do that? I do it with praise. I do it with worship. And it's something that we've, we've lost here, uh, maybe not just in our church, but I think in the church as a whole is we have this weapon at our disposal. And when we begin to praise we lift up the name of Jesus, darkness begins to flee. God begins to do the miraculous. And as they're singing, I can see them at the lookout point. Moving over to the lookout point, and there's this battle going on over here. And they're singing, and they're like, nobody's moving down there. They're all laying down. They're all dead. Look what God has done, and your praise is a weapon, and, and this is what happens. And, and the praise, is, praise is a funny thing, but when we begin to praise the Lord... In our situation, it may look bleak, it may look bad, and we may feel like we're surrounded. But when we begin to praise the Lord, this is what happens. The enemy gets confused because he's confused. He thinks he's got you down. But when you begin to praise the Lord, it confuses the enemy. And that's what happened here. The enemy got confused, and they began to fight each other. And God took care of the battle before they even had to lift a finger. Look at this, verse 25. King Jehoshaphat and his men went out to gather the plunder. They found vast amounts of equipment, clothing, and other valuables, more than they could carry. There, there was so much plunder that it took them three days to collect it all. Verse 26. On the fourth day, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing. Verse 26 says, on the fourth day, they, they gathered in the Valley of Blessing, which got its name that day because the people praised and thanked the Lord there. It is called the Valley of Blessing today, still to this day. Verse 27, then all men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat, leading them overjoyed that the Lord had given them the victory over their enemies. Verse 28, they marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres, trumpets, and they proceeded to the temple of the Lord. They didn't stop praising. They kept praising. Look at this, verse 29. When all the surrounding kingdoms heard that the Lord himself had fought against the enemies of Israel, the fear of God came over them. It's verse 30. So Jehoshaphat, uh, Jehoshaphat's kingdom was at peace, for his God had given him rest on every side. Listen, I'm going to here to tell you today that when you begin to praise the Lord, when it looks like you're surrounded, when you begin to praise the Lord, if you'll continue to praise him, he will bring you to the valley of blessing. You, he will fight your battle for you. You just need to follow him. Some of you have been going through trials for weeks or maybe months or days or maybe even years in this building. And I'm here to tell you that God is about to turn your situation into the valley of blessing. Do you believe that today?
what the enemy has taken, God is going to restore it. Look, the, the enemy came in. They were surrounded. They had fear. They were not sure what to do. They leaned on the Lord. And then they get to this other side of the battle. Guess what they have? They have plunder. They have joy. They're singing. They're excited. So what the enemy meant for you, God is going to flip around to joy for you. When, when you when you're weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Amen. And the enemy is, is taking notice today. And he hears, that, hey, the Lord has fought battles before. And I don't know about you, but I believe that the Lord is looking for a people that will praise him again. Will you bow your heads with me all across this building?